This is really for the newcomer or the person who wants to take their good business to the next level and double or triple their income. But they're stuck because they can't find anybody to help them. But they're asking, they're just not asking the right way. Isn't it just the best when a software comes out that makes your life easier, makes you more money, and by the way, it's free? Well, welcome to Stessa, today's best ever sponsor. Stessa is a smarter income and expense tracking software for property owners. It allows you to track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate assets. So basically, it helps you make more money by looking at your properties in one dashboard. It's a beautiful dashboard, by the way. And it shows you the KPIs, the key performance indicators that you care about. What's the value? How much cash flow are you getting? What's the debt that you have on the properties? What are you bringing in monthly? What are you bringing in annually? And it allows you to have a quick snapshot, not only of your properties, but also come tax time, it's a breeze because you can scan receipts and invoices directly from the phone app and Stessa will automatically read and categorize them for you. No more data entry. It's been talked about in Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and all it takes is just a few minutes to add your properties, link the accounts, and everything updates in real time. Without Stessa, I was looking at my portfolio on an infrequent basis. I'm talking about my single family home portfolio. I got three single family homes, and I didn't realize that I had trapped equity. But if I was looking at it from a dashboard that Stessa has, then I would have realized that, hey, I got a portfolio value of X and I've got debt on it of Y. Holy cow, look at all this trapped equity. I'm missing out. And with Stessa, that won't happen. So go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. And it's free. It's free. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Nathan Tabor. How you doing, Nathan? Good, Joe. Good to be back with you. Well, nice to have you back on the show. And if you recognize Nathan's name, that's because you're a loyal best ever listener episode 1,299 titled Finding a Niche, Creating and Executing a Business Plan with Nathan Tabor and episode 1,307 titled Apartment Due Diligence. I really enjoyed this episode. Apartment Due Diligence, How to Evaluate the Mechanics of a Deal and that was a skill set Sunday and I learned a whole lot during both of our conversations but I do remember Actually, no, I think 1,299 was the one where you got into your business plan of buying deeply distressed value-add deals. I suggest, listeners, if you haven't, then go check out 1299 and 1307. But today, we are going to be talking about how to prepare yourself for investor conversations and specifically what you need to have in place in order to do so. So I hope you're first off having a best ever weekend. Today is Sunday, so that's why we got a special segment, Skill Set Sunday. And finally, welcome Nathan Tabor. How you doing? Good, good. Just a little bit of rain going on, but besides that, we're doing well. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And a little bit about Nathan. He has purchased, renovated, and sold over $52 million worth of real estate and he enjoys helping others find their niche, understand the process, and achieving their goals. Based in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 
And with that being said, Nathan, will you give a refresher on your background and then let's roll right into the focus of today's conversation, which is helping the best ever listeners know how to be prepared when a pr- prior to approaching investors about raising capital. So background for me, been serial entrepreneur since 99, been involved in 25 businesses that I've started, grew and sold or partnered off with someone, did a little over 150 million in gross sales. And I've had some amazing successes, but I've had some really epic failures along the way. And I can look back and say, the successes are a little harder to tag and say why exactly I can kind of put some things together. On the failures, I can tell you exactly when the problem started, what I didn't do, because it's really easy to backtrack on that. Mm-hmm. So I do business consulting these days. I do real estate consulting. I still invest, but I really try to help people not only become successful, but become successful by avoiding the mistakes that I've made. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about as it relates to money raising. I know the focus of our conversation today is how to prepare ourselves for an investor conversation where we are seeking funds. So what are some of the mistakes you made initially and then what do you do now so that those are corrected in the future? Yeah, like most Americans, I grew up without a lot of money. My parents didn't have – we had what we needed, but We didn't have country club memberships. We didn't have access to big donors. I didn't know people who had lots of money. So starting out in business, it was hard work, blood, sweat, and tears type. But along the way, you start to meet people who do have money. Or you can, these days with the internet and everything going on, it's really easy to meet people who are looking to invest. But early on, my mistake, my number one thing was going to someone, you know, calling up Joe. Hey, Joe, will you invest with me in real estate? And I kept getting told no. <laughs> Did they not like me? Do they not trust me? And finally, one day someone sat down with me and said, guy had a net worth about $250 million. And he said, let me tell you what your problem is. And I said, please do, because I'm tired of hitting this brick wall. He said, what's your plan? I said, well, I want to invest in real estate. And he said, well, no, really, but but what is funny, right? But 99.9% of the people that I meet out there who are hardworking, motivated, they want to do real estate, you know what they don't have? A plan. A plan. It's like building a house but not building it on a foundation. It's the critical part. It's the thing that if you don't have – and you do become successful, it was sheer luck. So you say a vast majority, 99 point whatever percent, don't have a plan. How are you defining that? Because I remember when I was starting out with apartment investing, I purchased four single-family homes. Then when I was approaching investors for my first deal, there were a lot of things I did not know and I should have like, hey, by the way, we should have a pro forma prior to this. (laughs) I mean, just stupid stuff. But I wouldn't have said you want to invest in real estate. I believe, but perhaps this is a false assumption, that most people would be more specific. Like, for example, I want to fix and flip a house. Or in my case, it was we're going to buy an apartment building. And I have this plan, but there are a lot of important nuances of the plan that I did not know to talk about and I should have. When did you start in real estate? 2009. 2009. So – 
I started 2006. There were a lot of real estate investors then, but today roughly there's 27 million active real estate investors. Mm-hmm. So the numbers have changed. We've gone from a good number doing it to this huge number. And even going to someone and saying, oh, I want to flip houses, that's still not a plan because do you want to do $50,000 houses or do you want to do a half a million dollar houses? Yep. Do you want to buy rundown, dilapidated, almost needs to be demolished houses and spend four times what you paid for it on bringing it back up? Or do you want to buy just houses that need some paint and carpet? Do you want to do it on the north side or the south side or Do you want to do it in your town or do you want to go down to the coast? Do you want to go to the mountains? When we go to someone and ask them, hey, I want to get into flipping houses. Will you invest money? You just opened yourself up to like 50 questions. (laughs) But if you go to someone and say, hey, I want to flip houses in Boone, North Carolina. There's a huge college town there. All the houses are roughly 50, 60 years old. They need new roofs. They're going to need some new plumbing. We can buy it for around 100000 put 20000 in it, and make about 30000 And you've written that down on a page or two pages. You've at least shown that person that you've taken it from your mind to actually putting it on paper. And they're going to amend it with you. They're going to work with you. But they're most likely not immediately going to say no because you just ask them one simple question. Yeah, it's a well-thought-out plan too. It shows that you're organized. It shows that you have diligence. It shows you have determination. You know, if somebody has money, they want to keep that money, right? Yep. They're not just going to go, oh, yeah, hey, I really like how you dress today and your hair looks great. Here, here's $50,000. They're going to want to know what is their 50000 I even go to the point like who's the contractor you're going to work with? Who's going to oversee the project? If you have a full-time job working 40 hours a week and you want someone to invest money with you, who's going to stop by there two or three times a day to oversee the work? Mm-hmm. And this is really for first-time investors, right? Or someone who's flipping three houses a year and they want to flip six, so they need some more capital. You get to someone like your level or others where you've already built your reputation, plans start to change, Right. This is really for the newcomer or the person who wants to take their good business to the next level and double or triple their income. But they're stuck because they can't find anybody to help them. But they're asking. They're just not asking the right way. So what are some of the questions that we shouldn't proactively address? Really on that, the first is What type of real estate do you want to do? Where do you want to do it? What are the comps in the area? What is it going to take for you to get a deal purchased, renovated, and what's it going to sell for? Those are the major components because, as you know, there are so many investors out there. The hardest thing right now outside of raising money is finding a deal to do Yep, because there's so much investing going on. And the problem there is that people who don't have money, by the time they find the deal and they go to look at it, they don't have the money. So they got to find the deal and then find the money. But if they could cure the problem of having the money lined up, then when the deal comes available, they have the resources to do it. I don't know how you are, but you know, doing your podcast and in the podcast that I do, I just get random calls from people saying, hey, I have 50000 or I have $250,000. What do you have that I can invest in? And that's because we have a plan. 
I do class C apartments. I don't do strip malls. I don't do trailer parks. I don't do class A because I don't know that business. And most new people out there, they've gone to people around them so much. I know one particular person, I won't name names. He's been trying to do a deal for 10 years, Joe, and he has gone from doing raw land to trailer parks to single family to quadplexes to duplex. I mean, he is just all over the place. Mm -hmm. So when anybody sees him coming, you don't know what kind of deal he's going to be trying to shop today. (laughs) You know those type of people, right? I do, yes. Do you take them seriously? Well, no, it's fine. No, I, I'm happy to answer it. I'm just making sure I'm answering it the way I feel. And do I take them seriously? They might have an opportunity, but I don't think they will follow through with it. If someone's all over the place on what they're focusing on, because usually if they're all over the place with the, what they're focusing on, then they are an inch deep and mile wide with their approach. So once they get to a certain point, they'll probably get stuck, then find another shiny object and move on. The opportunity might be good. So I would listen to them about what they have, but depending on how they were positioning it, I wouldn't bet on them to be the person who would execute on it. So if they were wholesaling something to me, sure, I'd listen and I'd take them seriously. But if they were wanting to partner with me on something and I saw that they had shiny object syndrome, I would not partner with them. Right. But if they come to you and they're 24 inches deep and maybe six feet wide, they really don't know everything, but they've done enough to show that they're really invested in this. They're trying. They've gone that extra step. It really changes your perception of a person. Sure. And the second part of this is, is how you show up. Mm-hmm. And I said earlier, how to date an investor. I'll have people come and talk to me and they just rolled out of bed. They got bed hair. <laughs> they are wearing a little bit above pajamas. <laughs> and I'm thinking, do you seriously want me to take you? Not that dress, not that you have to wear a three-piece suit to a meeting. I don't mean that. But make yourself presentable. To me, that's common sense, but it's probably 30 or 40% of the people I meet with today, when they walk in the door, it's not a lifestyle. I mean, it's just that they're, they're running late. They did not plan. They didn't organize their day very well. It's like, why would I get involved with someone like that if they can't even get to a meeting on time and they're not dressed appropriately? Right. You can call that shallow if you want. You can call it whatever, but it's what happens in people's minds. True. I don't call that shallow. (laughs) I call that picking up on clues that they're giving you intentionally or unintentionally. Right. So this type of topic to me is really geared to the person who they want to get out of that full-time job. They want to get into financial freedom. They want to get into real estate investing, but they've been doing it for six months or six years, and they just can't get over that first hump. Most likely the reason is, is you're, you don't have a business plan. You don't have an investor packet. You haven't defined your niche. And until you do those two or three things, you're going to stay stuck unless you just happen to meet somebody who really likes you and is investing because they like you versus having a good return on their money, which is a slim to none proposition. Well, let's talk about the specific plan. You went through the specific questions that should be proactively addressed in the plan. What does the plan look like in terms of actual – is it a tangible 
plan that is on paper and you can flip through. So describe what that looks like, please, and how big it should be. It can be, a, I would say, no more than three pages, but in that, like on your cover page, a photo or a couple of photos of the type of how. So if you haven't identified an exact property, this is the type of property I want to do. And there's a couple of pictures of it, your name and your address, your contact information. You look at the comps. Here's what in this area, this is what this was bought for six months earlier. This is what it sold for. And if you can't pull up that information yourself, work with a real estate broker to get that information and then do some property highlights. What's the area that it's in? What's the school systems? What's the demographics? What's the income for the area? talk a little bit about the location, build up, are there any shopping centers around? What type of area is it that someone can be employed? Why would someone want to buy in that area? Talk about, again, if it's a specific project, you can talk about the renovations needed. If it's not, you can talk about these properties average are 40 to 50 years old or 20 to 30. This is most likely what's going to need to be done to this type of property. Here's what an HVAC cost. Here's what a breaker box cost. Here's what a new roof cost. Here's what a windows cost. To get that information, you got to go meet with the contractor, right? And get some broad numbers. And then at the bottom, talk about the last and closing was this, the potential profit on a deal. Mm-hmm. So in this area, you're looking at the average houses over the last two years have sold for 100000 and they've probably had twenty to thirty thousand in renovations, and they've sold for a hundred and sixty to hundred and seventy. I'm looking to do that. Would you invest one hundred and thirty thousand dollars with me if I find this type of property? I love it. One thing I didn't hear in that document is a team section. Should there be information about the team that's going to execute? Yeah, the- sure. Yeah, and you start building that out. You know, who's going to be your contractor? Who's going to be your project manager? And that project manager can be yourself, but you need to explain. I'm going to go there every morning before work, and when I get off from work, I'm going to go by there maybe at lunch if you have that time. But yes, build in there. Who's your HVAC person? Who's your electrical person? Who's your flooring person? The more of that detail that you can build in there, the more confidence it's going to give to an investor that you know what you're doing. Yeah. This is so simple, but it's not done a lot of times. I mean, if I were to attend a local RIA, I don't attend the one in Cincinnati because it's not an effective use of my time. But if I were to attend and I were to talk to, say, 10 people who are looking for money and I set up a meeting with, say, five of them afterwards, it's likely – Although I can't guarantee this, but it's highly likely that in those five meetings, maybe one out of five would have this type of document. And it's pretty pathetic that people don't put a little bit of time into creating this type of document that you're describing because it's not that much more effort. But here's the thing. If you do put something like this together – It's my belief that it will set up the project when you do find one for a higher likelihood of success because you've had some foresight into what you're going to be doing. So you've been thinking about it more. And when you put something like this on paper, then 
you are forced to think through the different components of what is needed to be successful. So this is a much needed conversation for, as you said, those who are starting out and seeking their first couple investors because, shockingly, this will set you apart from others who are also seeking funding, and this will give you a leg up. It shouldn't because it should just be a given that you've got this, but it's not for whatever reason in society. We just don't do this. So we're all better off for hearing this conversation, especially if we're getting started. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. If it's a fear, if I put laziness. down my – It's laziness is laziness. what it is. It's, or procrastination. It's entitlement. It's procrastination. Yeah. I don't think it's a fear. That's my opinion. I think it's just being really lazy. And when I do this in my own business, it changes all aspects of it. When I don't do it, then it's like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, I can verbally tell someone what I want to do, but if I'll actually take – 30 minutes and write it down, it changes people's perceptions. Eight out of 10 small businesses fail within the first five years. And SBA says that roughly 90 to 95% of small business owners don't even have a business plan. So they have no mission statement. They have no vision statement, but then they wonder why they fail. I don't know about you, but the last time I took a vacation, I just didn't get in my car without my wallet and start driving. I planned out the vacation. Yeah. And this is something that I don't just kind of talk about, hey, we should do this. I personally still do this with all of my prospective investors. When someone reaches out through Invest with Joe or Invest with Ashcroft and they fill out the information and they confirm they're accredited investor, look and invest a certain amount, then we follow up with them with a link to a PDF that has information about Ashcroft Capital. And it's exactly what you just walk through and has some case studies in there and some other things. But it addresses these questions so that prior to our conversation, not only do they have the information that they need, but it makes for such a smoother conversation. So my suggestion would be when you do put this together for your first couple investors, email it to him or her ahead of time that way they can review it and your conversation can be a more evolved conversation than feeling each other out conversation. I agree 100% on that. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? I have an online apartment real estate investing course at apartments.nathantabor, and that's T-A-B as in boy, O-R, dot com. And then I know you got some resources this is just common sense, and it's something that if people don't start doing it, they're not going to get to where they want to go until they start doing it. And that's apartments.nathantabor.com. Got that in the show notes. Nathan, thank you so much for talking to us about how to prepare ourselves for our first couple investor conversations, what to have, questions to proactively address, and now we'll be set up for even more success as we do those conversations. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Finally, there's a simple way to track rental performance. Stessa, our best ever sponsor, lets real estate investors track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate portfolios for free. Go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. You'll always know how your properties are performing with this dashboard. It's a beautiful looking dashboard. And it will help you save time with smarter income and expense tracking. 
You don't have to do any more data entry. Just upload the stuff directly from your phone. It tracks it in real time. Get organized for tax time with tax-ready financials so you can download them instantly. This thing was built by investors for real estate investors. It's been featured in all the publications you can think of. To get set up with your free account, just add your properties, link your accounts, and everything else updates in real time. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best ever to get started.